following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to the Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm Tony Harper, and with me today in studio, I have my guest Dave Clark. Good morning, um, Dave. Just so that you know, we are going to go over the news, and I have my notes to, today with me, so it's a lot better today. First, please uh, jump in if you are interested in any of the topics I'm going to cover. I just love the pen and paper on a Sci-Fi Podcast. <laughs> Listen, I have two. <laughs> I have two laptops already set up to record video, and a third laptop it. I'm recording audio on. So that's not even mine. It belongs to the studio here. So I got enough stuff going on. I can't imagine adding something else onto it. And last week, if you guys listened, I had a hard time finding the news directly on my phone because news articles for sci-fi tend to be all over the place, and a lot of what's on there is commentary. And I didn't want to cover commentary on something. I want actual news. For instance, Disney is now planning a live-action um, treasure planet. Really? Yes. Well, that's stepping back to the 60s. So um, apparently they're making a remake on it, and that's all I got out of it. There wasn't a whole lot of substance in that particular article, but thought that would be interesting for people. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvel is adopting the Mandalorian into a comic book. All right. A little money grab, but hey. First run will be about eight issues. It will be written by Rodney Barnes and illustrated by George Gentry. And I'm going to freaking mutilate people's names on this podcast. It's expected. Uh, A mint condition Terminator VHS tape sold for guess for how much, Dave? Oh, geez. Mint condition. Uh... Not Terminator 2, Terminator 1. Terminator 1. Because I'd pay more for Terminator 2. Actually, I've always wanted just a, just a, one of these, just a thumbs up sticking out of a little glowing table of lava. Oh, let's see. I'm going to have to go with 18K. Hmm. That's not a bad guess. It's a little low. It went for $32,000. Hey, I, I shop at the, at the bargain basement places where you get half off. Um, Microsoft is in early talks about a new Fallout game. Oh, God. New Vegas 2. Oh, excellent. All right. Uh, Star Trek's Lower Decks is getting a game for iOS and Android. It's in early production right now. Hopefully they don't dog that. Great Um, show, but uh, they tend to be a little light when they're doing their iOS games. Let's see what else did I have here. Uh, Star Wars Fallen Fallen Order 2 should be out by May 4th. I might have finished the first level of uh, the first one by that time. That is a brutally hard game. I never finished it. Like, I played oh. it some, and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Dark Souls some in space. Thing. Yeah. Um, there will be a TV adaptation of The Man Who Fell to Earth on uh, April 24th on Showtime. Never read the book. I'm pretty sure they made it early. Really, either. 
Uh, I feel kind of bad about that. That's one of those classics. But yes, <laughs> Internet World. Just because it's a classic doesn't mean it's good. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Tale of Two Cities. I was I was mentally and emotionally scarred by that book as a child, and like three times I had to read it in ninth grade, ninth grade, and then ninth grade again. Just because it's a classic doesn't mean it's good. Lego is dropping uh, action figure or the little Lego figures of both Cad Bane and BB-1. There's not already. I I am amazed that there's not already a BB-1 minifig. I I don't know. It just that was one of the news articles I got. It just seems like one of their the, that little ball is just made out of solid gold and wrapped in million dollar bills for Disney. Well, I mean, Disney Plus ended up with a lot of my stuff because I can find information from Disney and what they're doing. For instance, they're actually doing like a Korean movie try to pop off of uh, Squid, oh, Squid Game. Game yeah. It's called The the Grid, and it's a sci-fi show on Disney Plus. I don't really have more information than that. I just know it's a new So it's not the Squid Korean. Game. Everyone just stands in a grid. And they- <laughs> <laughs> That's the information I got right now on it. Uh, Mad Max Furiosa is still in production with no release date yet. Cannot wait. If they need any help, if you guys need any help, give me a call. I will take a week off. I will fly out to Australia, and I will help. I No problem. I'll pay my own flight. Obi-Wan Kenobi releases on May 25th. Excellent. Can't wait. Can't wait for that one either. Halo, season one, March 24th. Another is, one I uh, can't wait for. Live action. Done. Who did that? Because I didn't write that down on my notes. Do you remember? Uh, be available. Is it Netflix? No. It is going to be Disney Plus, I think, isn't it? Is it Disney? Oh, I don't know. I drink too much. I can't remember <laughs> right now either. And unfortunately, On one of every streaming like, service you probably already have. Yeah, probably. Uh, Gundam Evolution is a new game. And that's going to be our topic for today, sci-fi games. Um, it's going to be have a PC open beta. I believe you can sign up. Um, by March 28th through Steam to play it on the PC Open Beta on April 7th through the 12th. And they're expecting a fall 2022 release That's for early. that game. Um, from the one article I read, because I, I got this one from Forbes, um, they say it's a little bit going to be like Overwatch. Um, my friend show anime made me do it. Also mentioned this on their podcast. Unfortunately, they didn't have release dates and all that kind of stuff on there. Uh, just because that information wasn't available to them yet. And I'm not sure they actually check Forbes to look for news. <laughs> That's what I say. Like, sci-fi news well, is all over the place. Sci-fi, Forbes, go right to it. Yeah, yeah that, right? I mean, to be fair, though, sci-fi has predicted so many things in the world. It has. Especially where money flows. And how it works. Man. Oh, um, it's definitely a place to look. It's just not the obvious place to look. Right. So you got that coming up. I'm kind of... Sort of excited for this game. I'm a little disappointed from the one article because it mentioned there's no, like, movement lag for the larger mechs type of thing, or larger Gundams, because, I mean, when you go back to how it is. Yeah, don't don't get the mechs. anime kids mad. I know. It's different between a mech and a Gundam. There is, but we're talking sci-fi <laughs> here. So sci-fi, it's more like a mech. <laughs> don't have to worry about kids in purple hair and giant metal swords out in front of your, out in front of your car chanting. Um, and Miss Marvel, um, another comic book thing. And again, sci-fi or not, that kind of depends upon your view of what you actually define as sci-fi well, as. Miss Marvel, I think, is probably 
one more gear towards sci-fi because she's out in space. It's right. not it's and uh you know Carol Danvers was a you know 80s person that was then you know removed out into super high high level technology. I mean that's for a comic book that's probably as sci-fi as it gets unless you're dealing with like cable or oh now yeah, we're gonna see how my brain just shut off right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because uh, I never got to the release date on that. It should be uh, early June on June eighth or fifteenth on Disney Plus. So that's another one. All right, Dave. So we're now going to get a little bit more into the, the show here. But to begin with, I'm going to ask you a few questions. So, what's your favorite sci-fi franchise? Oh, got to be Fallout. Fallout. Absolutely. So out of Everything, movies, books, games, Fallout. Yes. Uh, all right. So if we're going book, that's got to be Ender's Game. All right. There you go. I love Ender's Game. That, that, the, the, just the concept of, I don't want to sound conspiracy, but our government tricking kids into playing video games to defeat our enemies, that's just amazing. Yeah, but that's <laughs> just a cop out of, because I was thinking about this the other day of, um, Oh God! Now my you need, brain's little, you need a little button thing. right here that has the that has the Jeopardy theme song right there. <laughs> <laughs> I really do need that kind of stuff as well. Um, the last Starfighter. Oh yes. So Absolutely. Ender's Game came out around the same time as the last Starfighter, did it not? Oh, you it know was what? In the eighties, for both of them, it I was thought. definitely. I don't know which came out first. Yeah, totally not Googling. <laughs> <laughs> you Google totally camera. can. You could probably do it faster than I can on, on my crap phone. I mean iPhone. Um, yeah, you brought both of Sorry, them. Sorry, kids. Android and the, the iPhone. I got sunglasses with Bluetooth in the car, too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, The Last Starfighter was, because I was reading an article about that, they were 75% done with an arcade game. For the last Starfighter to match up with the the movie and talking about that money grab thing and tricking kids into going into space type of thing, and a quarter a pop too. Uh, yeah, but you they pay were for your own fuel. Ten thousand dollar games when an Atari decided to scrap the project when they were like, nobody's going to pay ten thousand dollars for arcade games at that point in time. Where nowadays people are paying ten thousand dollars for arcade games. Oh, you got to see my brother in law's pinball <laughs> fanaticism. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are way more expensive than that. Um, so I think that was a missed opportunity by Atari. But they were way too busy with ET. They were, and fucking that one right <laughs> up. <laughs> the shame. Except for as I remember playing that piece of junk as a kid, where you're hitting the button to make ET's neck move up and down <laughs> to gain momentum to get out of a pit. If you're screaming at him, I'm like, but uh, we're the same age. So yeah. that had to been, what, like 82, 83 neighborhood? I didn't play it that soon. <sighs> like, I got an Atari kind of um, secondhand from my aunt who had it. Um, so, like, some of the first Star or sci-fi games, and this is a great introduction into that, were Asteroids and... Um, Space Invaders. Space Invaders, Galaga. Galaga. Yeah. I love Galaga. Our, our neighbors had an Atari. And I didn't particularly like the neighbors, but I really loved their Atari. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> but no, the uh, I remember going as a kid, and it, it 
colors your your world forever. Those first games that you get to play, and like I said, I, Asteroids. There was a uh, we lived in Silver Creek at the time, and there was a corner store for those people under the age of forty. A corner store is this little building that you could buy candy at for less than a five dollar bill. <laughs> Don't worry, I might hit this <laughs> later on in video production. I didn't put any bad words in there. The uh, Oh, yeah, I did say I was going to try to avoid it, and then I'm the first one to cuss, but that's all right. Which is amazing for anyone that actually knows me. The, uh, but uh, they had an Asteroids game there. Right. And it still had the rollerball, and it was amazing. And I think my kid, who's 16, and if anyone's looking for a 16-year-old to do hard labor, I'm perfectly happy to send you to him. Oh, I got one of the two the same age. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, his first his first sci-fi video game, his first video game was Minecraft, but his first sci-fi video game is probably Fortnite. And I mean, I feel like I failed as a parent. <laughs> I think my kid's first sci-fi game, oh, geez, what did I get him on first? I mean, they do play a lot of Fortnite now, a lot of Minecraft now, but there was something else that I... I was playing at the time that they really kind of got interested in, and I forgot what it is right now. I'm telling you, I had a tear when I walked into his his room, and there he is with a headset on, flossing. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what flossing is, look <laughs> look up the flossing dance. Make sure you, you, you put this correctly in your search engine, and you will see beautiful. my shame and my tears. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> what are you doing, Dad? Get out of my room. <laughs> Like, uh, there's other things in this life I'd have rather walked in and seen you doing. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, and there's a lot of there's a lot of fantastic games out that just got kind of shoveled under. Uh, but since we're moving that direction, we got to talk about Fallout. All right. So, talk about your favorite. All right. So, there's a couple of them that are out right now that are just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, for the people who haven't had a chance to play it, I mean, it's only been out for like 10 years. Uh, the Star Trek Online. Oh, I play STO. I, I bought a lifetime subscription oh, for it the first, so do I. first time, and now it does me absolutely no good, but that was great. Well, what, what kills me is I bought it on PC as lifetime, and I bought it on Xbox as lifetime because I'm a horrible person. I don't think I did both. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't realize I'd done both. I logged in one day. I was like, oh, I lost my, lost my info. I'll just spend the money and do it again. <laughs> wow. Not a smart person. Uh, but uh, in the last couple of years, we've had some uh, rather good games that have fallen by the wayside, like uh, No Man's Sky. I loved the concept of No Man's Sky when it first came out. I thought it was going to be great. I pre-ordered it. And it was I trash. I thought it was going to be the thing. It was a little interesting, and No Man's Sky was the, the, the game, one of the first games I introduced the, the kids kind of to, um, because it came out. When did it come out? 17? 2017? Yeah, it it's was one of the first so. one. Yeah, it was one of the first ones I introduced to, but it wasn't that one, and they're like, this is boring. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was almost beautifully boring. It was. It was. Uh, so my concept of it, when, when it first came out... I, I don't play a whole lot of – I play almost zero PvP. Right. I, I I play video games to get away from the conflict with other human I, beings. I play a lot more PvP. <laughs> yes, I know you do. Uh, it, STO is PvP. Uh, it can be, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Not, uh, maybe not a ton, but a little bit. Well, I mean that's the end game. 
uh, Endgame is in STO. I, I I go through all these story arcs of which there are tons. Oh yeah, all over the uh, place. But at some point in time, until they put out the next season, the new the new keyword for expansion payment uh, is all PvP. I mean, there's just not a lot else to do at at the end game. But the good thing is, they get to end game and, to, and that game's a year. They're right. going to do everything. So, but a lot of those missions ended up being repetitive. Oh well, everything's a trope. Fetch and carry. Hey, some alien ate my babysitter. Can you please go tell them they're naughty? Things like that. Which Commander Keen, awesome game. Aliens ate my babysitter. One of the finest pieces of oh, late nineties video game ever. And and you know what the first game is now that I totally think about it. Spore. Oh, Spore was excellent. Love Spore. Spore. Was excellent. I love Sid Meier's a lot of their their games. Uh, Civilization is kind of sci-fi-ish. Um, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, it took you all the way up to you got to a space race with once uh, you launch. Yeah. Now there's a what I really liked, and I have a very frenetic mind. Sorry, everybody, I bounce around ADHD. The uh, <laughs> similar for me. That's why I should have taken that Adderall. Anyway, go ahead, or at least not taking it with the beer. The uh, you got that one out. Uh, <laughs> what I liked about and what I like is I still play No Man's Sky. Uh, was they recognized that they had a limitation, right? On the hardware and their ability to make it, I don't want to say a viable video game because it sounds terrible, but a commercially viable video game, they they missed the mark on that immensely. But then they made it up with probably the greatest, I'm sorry, here's your flowers, here's your candy, I'll go, I'll go vacuum, I've ever seen. Really? Oh, have you have you had a chance to play it? I have or? not gone back to play it after about the first week of playing it. Oh, I've seen some of the expansions you come would not back recognize out it. and some of the other stuff that came out. And the last one that came out just recently, like a couple of weeks ago, right? Oh, uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, made me almost want to get back into the game Do and it. actually download it again and put it back on my Xbox and play it again. Um, I thought the concept behind it being a procedurally generated game and like everything's going to be unique. And all that kind of stuff, but then it's set in stone once it's generated. And then, like, I thought that was cool concept. Like, you can go to a billion stars and a billion planets, and each one would be different. The reality of that is there's about 25 different planets. Really? Well, I mean, because you only have so many different ways that you can shake a, an, a magic eight ball and get a different, different word. So if I fly to a planet, which makes my arms really tired from all the flapping, uh, the uh, it's editable. Everything's editable. <laughs> I'm lazy. I'm not going to edit it. The uh, when you fly to a planet, you've got a basic like eight or ten different uh, basic rock formations you can have. Like uh, you can have a verdant world, right. uh, lots of trees, lots of lots of really cool procedurally generated uh, flora and fauna. Uh, you've got uh, the Worlds that have been like space and time cracked, so there's no uh, fauna, there's no flora except like these cool mineral deposits and things like that. You got ones with low gravity, you got ones that are volcanic planets, things like that. But when you say there's only ten or twelve, if you head out into space, there's only about ten or twelve different kind, basic kinds of planets out there. So you have people like, oh, there should be gazillions of them. I'm not sure it's a real number. But in sci-fi, sci-fi has to follow rules. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, otherwise, you're sci fantasy. You want your science and your fiction. <laughs> uh, you still have to have some kind of basis in science, and that's exactly what No Man's Sky follows. They're like, okay, so we have these basic eight kinds of things. How do we then mix that with different kinds of different kinds of potentially fauna that could potentially grow up on a different planet? I mean, it doesn't have to be carbon based. Uh, but you'll find that after a while, after a couple of months, you're like, oh, I know what this planet's going to look like for the most part. Right. Do I need to go explore it? Do I want to spend the fuel? <laughs> the uh, but the upgrades they've made to that game are so good. It was originally just, it was a fun thing for about an hour. And then you're like, you know, traveling in space all by yourself is kind of boring. <laughs> uh The fun part is they said, you know, the chance of two people meeting in this game right off the bat is... We're pretty low. Oh, in in a like one in a million kind of thing. And then within the first two days, two people hooked up and were like, hey, high five. Way to go, spaceman. Let's go fly off and play on our own again. But they added so many upgrades to that game uh, to... They listened. And that's the crazy part. I mean, it actually happens, Internet. It actually happens. Uh they listened to user input and completely revamped it. So now you've got uh, vehicles, which were a lot of fun. Right. Uh, there's a giant mech that you can jump around in. Oh, nice. Uh, the, it, it all came in stages. So they come out, they put out vehicles, and you could hide in your vehicle to escape the rigors of the world. But didn't you already have a vehicle? You already had the spaceship because I remember uh, Just vehicle. the spaceship, though. That was it, though. Yeah. Uh, now there's ground vehicles. Oh, okay. So uh, you can uh, build your ground vehicles, and initially it was very difficult to get them, and you had to you had to build a station to to teleport your vehicle to you. Uh, and that was, that was difficult. It right. was, which was kind of nice because it gave you something to work for. Right. But then it just became an annoyance. So then they added a couple of more vehicles. Hey, thanks for that. Uh, then they uh, created the vehicle teleporter. So now you had another vehicle. You had a space freighter, your very own space freighter, which I can't for the life of me think of another game other than maybe aliens, and that's not the space vehicle you want. I don't want to go park the Nostromo in my front yard without you know a couple of you know. Beware of dog signs on it. The uh, they gave you a space freighter. Eve online. I stand corrected. Super, super spreadsheet. Yes, the the world's greatest math game. <laughs> I still loved Eve online to begin with, and I I played it hardcore for the first year and a half it came out. Unfortunately, that was like the last time I played PC gaming was after that came out. Yeah, well, it, it, that's a, that's a tough one. The uh, Eve online was such a fantastic concept but it was really just economy it, well no it was economy or it was one-on-one death battles with this thing you just spent three months making oh yes and yes. then it would just blow up and you'd have to spend another three months making it all over again right back to the economy right but it, great concept uh oh the name is the name is escaping me right now it'll come to me in a second but the to move to Fallout, Fallout seventy six right. had exactly the same problem as, as uh, uh, No Man's Sky. Uh, the game came out, and for whatever reason, now so the world knows, I love Fallout. And something there's a ghost in here. I've been told this before. 
Oh, outstanding. So something fell in the background, and we don't know what it was. I just wondered if the ghost librarian from Ghostbusters had a nice set of legs. She looked like she did. The uh, She looked like she was <laughs> 70. I, I, hey, whatever. I'm not ageist. <laughs> <sighs> I will not make any hot grandma jokes on your on your podcast. <laughs> Too late. Thank you. Nope. You can edit it out. <laughs> you knew what you were asking for. The uh, <laughs> Tony and I, Tony and I have known each other for what since two thousand. Don't talk about work. Eight. But nope. Yeah. Nope. Two thousand eight. Somewhere around two thousand three. Two thousand eight. When did you start at that place that we worked that we won't 2002. mention? Two thousand and two. So yeah, two thousand three. Then. So we've known each other for a long time. Uh, but Fallout's my absolute favorite game. I love the retro retro fifties look. Uh, the sci-fi retro fifties, because uh, they can add so much pop culture in there, all the way up to twenty seventy seven. So you know, we still got some we can we can add. I don't know. I I played the um, demo for that, and I thought it was interesting. It was kind of a, all right, but I mean, some of my friends were really like, "Oh, we're going to get this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this." And I only had one of them that, that really got on there to do anything with it. So I've learned not to pre-order games anymore mm. in a couple of times. Well, Fallout 76 was a complete failure. Absolutely unadulterated garbage. The uh, I don't know oh, why. Oh, like Cyberpunk 77. <sighs> More garbage. More garbage than, than Cyberpunk. Actually, I have the Series X. So mm. Cyberpunk ran fine. I had no idea what people were freaking talking about on, on my Xbox. But I only played it for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, I'm really not into solo games. Well, the I had to buy my Series X in a parking lot just so I could play that damn game <laughs> appropriately. I got it launched. Day somehow <laughs> oh, geez, not somehow I missed the original uh, window. Um Somebody was having a technical glitch. I think it was Best Buy. So I ended up getting mine through Best Buy because they launched theirs an hour later due to a technical glitch. And then their site was so overloaded. Like it was like 20 or 15 minutes in there before they're like, hey, they released some more. And I got in there and got it. Nice. Uh, no, I, I honestly, I have had almost zero issues with, with 2077. Uh, I do like to play solo games. Uh, I let, don't get me wrong, I, I like to be sociable. Sometimes, but the uh, again, I don't like PvP, and a lot of the games out nowadays are you know just PvP. Yeah, there are battle royales. Thanks Fortnite. Don't picture me flossing. Yeah. Don't picture him flossing. That'll turn your eyes out. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk's actually a fantastic uh, idea. That too. The they took. I was not sure how they were going to make the concept of cyberpunk. And if anyone here listening to this podcast has never heard of cyberpunk. I think you're on the wrong podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> it's other than do Android's dream of electric sheep. That is the seminal uh, sci-fi. The I, I had no idea how they were going to conceptualize lock picking through uh, cyberpunk, or how they were going to how how do you how do you conceptualize shutting down someone's hardware in their brain. Through yeah. a video game, their neural network. Yeah, and I I think they did a good job. It's not the best. It's right. Not, it it it's not optimal, but I feel that they did for what they were working with the best that they could. I do, on the other hand, believe in all the other complaints people had about the game. Uh, texture pop when driving. Driving is still terrible. Uh, yeah, even I after had a upgrade. little bit of that. That was the only thing that I 
really saw while I was playing with the Series X, but a lot of people were, were not just frame rate drops, but like bad like locks and bad things where they had to start the game all over again and anything less than a Series X. I got lucky and again like I played on Series X I didn't have I didn't have any any of those technical glitches. Neither did I. But I had about three other friends that got it that weren't weren't on the Series X yet. And they were playing on the Xbox X or the Series S one and it was locking up on them. I, I believe it. I mean it's it's a visually intense game. Very intense game. Especially when it rains or the new dust storms, the dust storms look amazing. The really? uh, the 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 lighting and the particle effects. So you're walking down the street, trying not to stab somebody because it's a it's a video game for a little violent. The uh, but you're walking down the street and a dust storm rolls through and it, that haze. I don't know if you've ever been in a dust storm. But that haze, it's spot on. In a vehicle, but yeah. I've done it. Or Smoke Storm. They're very similar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Go Florida California. Fires. Or Florida. Yeah. You've driven in Florida. Yeah, they've, they've had... Oh, no, I was just saying left Florida burn. It's okay. <laughs> we'll just restart. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, my dad lives in, in Key so, West, and it's like... Uh, I'll never get the smell of cocoa butter out of my nose. I <laughs> just... Favorite sci-fi game from the eighties? Ooh, from the eighties. Oh, oh, man, that's a tough one. Oh, no, I think that's technically uh, the nineties. Uh, what were you thinking? Um, do, 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 do. Mutant League football. Oh, yeah, it was borderline late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I was going to go with the classic cup. Um, Galica, right? Yeah. I was going to go with that classic. That's my favorite one. I, I used to go to the arcade to play that all the time. I'll tell you what, I loved it and I was terrible at it. Uh, it reminded me again of The Last Starfighter, uh, one of those movies that ended up with a cult falling, but again, bad production, bad couple other things. They, wow, we won't talk Masters of the Universe then. Uh, come on. <laughs> Masters of the Universe was an interesting movie. I've seen it once. Like, I, I enjoy <laughs> the movie. I've seen it a lot, but I've seen it once. But I feel I feel like I'm walking into one of those adult theaters looking over my shoulder to make sure no one's watching when I go when I watch that movie. Like no one's actually gonna see this, right? Or Time Bandits. <laughs> okay. Uh, love Time Bandits. I do too. But, but I, I mean agree. I feel was, the same same yeah. way when you're trying to watch Time Bandits. Um I my wife does not do sci fi at all. She's a true crime kind of person. How about from the nineties? Uh okay games. games we're going back to games so if we're going games nineties uh oh probably oh I know that's probably not, I really need to open notes on this one uh oh I'm probably you knew these uh Star Trek uh Star Trek sorry Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic but I think that was technically two thousands that again you you got that borderline thing I was gonna go with Parasite. Ooh, good choice. Uh, Sega Genesis. Oh, wait, no, that was Sega CD, actually, yes. wasn't it? I, I like Parasite. That's a good one. I haven't even thought about that game in, in I hadn't either, years. but I, I remember that because that one in Parasite 2, which was on PlayStation, I think, one when it came on out. Yeah. Um, that one, I mean, I just kind of like the idea of, like, it's kind of zombie but not zombie type of thing. You got that Parasite takes over and... Causes everything, but yeah, that was uh, that's a good choice. 
Enjoyed that game a lot from the 90s. 2000s. Oh, okay, 2000s. Uh, now, we're, now we're moving into Fallout territory there. I yeah. mean, 90s, late 90s, you got the original Fallout. But, uh, uh, I'm going to stick with my Fallouts. Uh, Fallout 4 is probably what everyone believes the best Fallout game is uh, because it was so modded and it was so expansive. You got... Uh, you know, you got your little friends that would follow you, and they had cute little things. But I got to go Fallout Vegas. Really? Uh, the storyline was great. Uh, the uh, now background: I have three Pip Boys, which are little arm-mounted computers that they have in the, in the video game. I have a little mini nuke. I've got the bobbleheads. I I do have issues. I do not have an amazing Optimus Prime. Tony can tell you about that. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for bringing that back up. Uh, someone actually just sent me on Facebook the other day, like, have you seen this? I'm like, ah, oh, you want to see a video? I pointed them to you. Um, <laughs> that, that, I, I appreciate that, but that's not the original video I made. The original video I made, I deleted off just because of didn't want issues at work type of thing. <laughs> and that quickly went, and that almost had... 400 views before I took it up, and I only had it on for 12 hours. Really? I mean, it's an amazing toy. <laughs> so, well, the first one was just my amazing drunk little acting type of thing for that one. <laughs> acting drunk? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is water in this Bud Light can. Right. Sorry, kids. Uh, we won't go into that one again. And that's going to be a lost video. You guys <laughs> the thing. Uh, be amazed if you ever come across it. There's so many good... And good in quotes, uh, sci-fi games in the in two thousand, like, yeah, like two thousand two, like two thousand eight, had just a ton of good my, ones. My favorite one, it was a very short game, unfortunately, but my favorite one was Star Trek Bridge Commander. Oh, Bridge Commander was awesome. The, the you original voice activated game, but it it was an hour long thing where you're playing in the the movie itself and you were acting as the captain. Uh, loved that game. But it was one hour. It was like 50 minutes yeah. or 55 yeah, super minutes by short. the time you were done. And you're like, fuck, it spent all this money for this? And then they never did more of it. Never well, did there's anything Bridge Commander else with it. Uh, but it, it didn't have the same life. It didn't have it that didn't. feeling. It didn't. That first one was awesome. Uh, have you tried the uh, Star Trek VR? Uh, you know what? I have not gotten to VR too much. And my brother still picks on me for this, for being the, the sci-fi and stuff. I with kids, wife, and everything else, I never had money to buy, go from my Vista computer to upgrade it all. Don't ask how much a Transformer costs. <laughs> and they already know. They already know. Get yourself an Oculus. Uh, Oculus Rift 2. I was thinking about all that kind of stuff. I haven't, I haven't, decided, right I haven't decided to do that yet. Uh, um, I, I really want to get back into... The Master Race in the fall oh, time of this that's year. A, that's a different. That's a different podcast. I enjoy um, <laughs> I'm talking about PC gaming. <laughs> Everybody I know who's a PC gamer <laughs> thinks they are perfect and their shit don't stink. So, well, as was as was best quoted several years back, roses really smell like poo poo. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking about getting back into PC gaming. In which case, I'll get a. A new really rig is so thing. expensive now. They are. They are. Uh, my buddy they just are. bought one uh, a month ago. Then they went on a cruise. The day they're leaving for the cruise, the thing caught fire, oh, which Jesus. is the day after he bought it. Jesus. <laughs> so he's had a lot of trouble with that. But I love PC gaming. 
Just as soon as you I want to go back to PC gaming, though. I mean, which brings I mean, us to Artemis, huh? Which brings us to Artemis, which really does bring us to Artemis. I think that was one of my more favorite from the 2010s time frame, uh, and it's still going. It's still going. In fact, their uh, their big uh, yearly convention is next month. I believe it is in Ohio. I believe so. Um, there is a big also group that plays up in Canada, which isn't too far from us. Yeah, they uh, uh, they come. I'm not sure if it's the same group, but they come down here to uh, Lockport uh, every couple of months to just set up the portable system and go. Uh, have you told your viewers what Artemis is? I have not. Oh, go ahead, Dave. You're super excited about this. All right, Artemis, for all you people who are Star Trek fans, and I almost said Star Wars again. And then I would have added, it, added that out. Not that I don't love Star Wars. Oopsie. And I'm knocking everything over here. Sorry, everybody. Uh, you just can't cross the two. The so uh, Artemis is actually called Artemis Starship Bridge Simulator, uh, SBS. It is a six-person game, well, six plus, uh, where you have in your home a spaceship bridge. So you've got a captain, you've got an engineer, you've got tactical, you've got your navigator, uh, you've got your communications. Weapons. That's the tactical. Right. Uh, I'm missing one. I'm missing one. Train has been derailed. Uh, communications. Communications. Engineering. Tactical. Navigation. Engineering. And... And Captain. Yeah, that's right. That's six. Uh, and then you have a seventh system. And it, it sounds big and expensive. You got to have seven computers. But it will run on your phone. Any phone from the last five years or so, it'll run just fine on. Uh, it's very low visual quality. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say it's it. What it tries to emulate is controls for most of the game that the you would use on like a ship or something like that. So most of it's that visual quality on it. The um, seventh one is really just a projector. Your captain is really just your captain doesn't have any controls. He literally just tells everybody else what to do with the action scenario that's going on. On the screen, and why Artemis gets so big as well is you can have each of your group of six play another group of six in the same little space thing here, or like four groups of sixes. And I don't know how big they've gotten uh, their ability to do, but it's how big, how many computers you can all network together to do this. Well, six of those, six or seven. Uh, so you can have. Basically, as many computers as you want, uh, because you can set them up for like star fields on on just monitors on the side, things like that. What's really cool about the game is, and we're jumping around here, and I'm a horrible person about that. Is the game itself? You have your captain stance back. He doesn't have. He has his little command chair, which is my easy chair in the basement. The uh, whole concept is though he has no direct control over anything. The only thing he can do is say helm. What do we got on there? How many bad guys? What direction do we need to point? Uh, and he gives the helm a direction to go, uh, a speed to go. Are we going to do a short warp jump to get around to the backside of these bad guys, rotate around 180 degrees, and light them up like Christmas? The uh, He has to interface with the tactical department saying, hey, how many how many torpedoes do we have? How much energy do we have uh, available for our weapons? Got to deal with engineering, engineering. We're going to need to jump here in a couple of seconds. You're going to need to spool up those engines, which means you're going to have to take energy away from everything else. 
Uh, tactical has to deal with shields. How much energy do we have applied to the shields? The communications, which you wouldn't think in a in Ohura, yeah, she got so undermined. Oh yeah, she did. Uh, the communications uh, ensign, or I don't know, I guess you can have a higher rank than that. I guess whatever uh, has to deal Obviously. with resupply of the ship during uh, skirmishes. Uh, contacting other ships to uh, provoke a captain into making a bad a bad choice, or to placate them, uh, or to prepare the spaceport for yep, for for docking, refueling, and docking. And uh, it's actually a far more intricate game. Yeah, uh, I never really would thought really... communications would be any any good, but it really is. Uh, then you've got obviously your navigation; they got to fly the ship. Uh, Oh, science officer. That's the that's the one we that's the one we missed. No, no, when you came in, yeah, yeah. The science officer has so to like scan the scanning and uh, find the weak points on their ship, things like and, that. You know where their shields are lowest, type of thing. Yeah, uh, it and it's such a in the world of video games where it is just a single player behind a, a controller or a keyboard and mouse. It is completely social. Because we all have to have good communication. Great communication to make it work out best. Like, I found out that I probably cannot do the captaining all that well. Uh, I did find out, surprisingly, and I didn't think Dave, with the way he is, could be the captain as well as he <laughs> he does end up being the captain. I have in, an evil streak. In the game. Oh, you're just able to follow multiple trains of thought at the same time and understand the delays because... Delay, like you said, engineering, we're going to need power to this. It takes like 10 seconds. At the same time, you got to think about what's the next thing coming up and what's the next thing coming up in plot when you're going to do stuff. And you were fairly able to follow all those plots in, in your head. It's, a, it's, it's an amazing game. Uh, and cheap. I mean, inexpensive as far as licensing. Uh, it was sixty dollars to put it on all your computers. Yeah, I think I think it, thirty it was, maybe. It was 30. really. It, I've well, had it started off at thirty. Point. I think it might have gone up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I got it when it was in beta, so uh, I probably got it at not full retail. Uh, but then you get a license to put it on multiple computers, unless you buy it on Steam. In which case, you're paying <sighs> that Steam monthly price for it, isn't it? Uh, no, no, you just have to pay for. So if I buy a license. Through uh, Artemis itself, I can put it on up to six computers. If I buy it through Steam, I got to pay for each individual computer. Oh, screw that! Yep. Uh, the good thing about that is it you so can now network through Steam. Though, yeah, you network through Steam. So we might have six computers in my basement, or six computers scattered out all across the world. Uh, but what's really fun and amazing about the game is if you are a uh, uh, AV nerd. Uh, you can hook up lights, sounds, smoke machines, rumble packs, uh, all projectors, that stuff. And, and he was setting up his basement to look like a Star Trek bridge last I know. Uh, we got flooded. Uh, uh, no. How many yeah. computers did you lose? Eleven. Oh! <laughs> I can barely afford to buy one and he's got 11 of these suckers that he lost. I mean, granted, most of them were older units I paid, and not that. I paid $200 per machine yeah. uh, because I bought from a company that was going out of business that uh, was, uh, they were a uh, telemarketing firm. So there were low-end computers, but that's, again, that's all and you for need. For Artemis, Artemis, that's all you need is a low-end computer. You don't need to spend, you know, that two to $4,000 on the new top-of-the-line computer. Yeah. 
you know. What's interesting is, so they made the Star Trek version of Artemis. Did they? Uh, so I haven't the, played in it's VR three years since, you know, COVID and yep. everything else that happened. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. It was wonderful. I wanted a pandemic. Well, it's not the pandemic I wanted. I mean, if we're going to have a pandemic. <laughs> you wanted the whole. I want the zombies. Zombies and everything else. Look, my right? wife wanted it to be zombies, too, because she wanted me to run more and lose some weight. <laughs> I just told her, you're going to lose weight one way or the other. It's going to be eating off you or you're running off one or the other. But the uh, yeah, the, the, the Star Trek simulator uh, is very well done. Nice. Uh, but it died. It died. What do you mean it died? Uh, there are no. There's no one playing. Uh, oh, so really? If, unless you unless you have a group that you're playing with, nobody's playing Artemis yeah, anymore. Uh, not Artemis. Uh, Star Trek. Artemis is off the chain. It is. Oh, really? Uh, the community for it's amazing. Uh, they have done nothing but get better. Nice. Uh, the last rollout for the last update was probably two months ago. Okay. Three months ago, uh, and they did. Uh, they added more enemies. They added new textures to the to the bad guys. Uh, they really did a good job on in the last year or two, uh, upgrading the short warp jump engine. Okay, uh, which was, I mean, I'm telling you, folks, you have not had a good day until you've taken a, a super short warp jump to behind someone's ship and just lit them up and watched them scream. It's amazing, yeah, <laughs> because you have to guess. You have to guess the distance from your ship to where you want to where you want to to come up, and you really don't want to pop up into a minefield, right? You really don't. My, mines are bad. All right. Uh, so, what's the current sci-fi game you're playing? Oh, uh, Fallout seventy six, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, I had to try out all the the Cyberpunk uh, updates. Uh, uh, yeah. And for the most part, they're they're good. Driving is still bad. It, uh, it's the controls are wonky. Uh, the controls were always wonky because you had to use the two stick thing because one makes you let you look side to side, and the other one controls the car. And it's well, the the problem is we get set in our ways. So you play like Gran Turismo or GTA things like that, and you get a you get that controller set, and you're like, okay, right right trigger is is go forward. Left trigger is the brakeies. And the X, B, triangle, whatever button is the handbrake. Yeah. Uh, there's no handbrake. There's no handbrake in Cyberpunk. 20. No. So you're like, okay, I want to I wanna, I wanna drift around this turn. You oh, can't drift. You have to no slow dr- down. None of these buttons Yeah, do but this. realistically, like, I drive a Subaru now. My Subaru won't allow me to drift, period. You have to turn it off. You have to turn off the, the traction control system. Even if you turn it off, it still comes back on and automatically enables. Ah, I can turn it off. <laughs> That's my super right there too. Yeah, I took the kid out to uh teach him how to control a skid and I had it took ten minutes for me to figure out how to turn off all the traction control. Uh but you can turn the traction control off and just do donuts in a church parking lot and oh, watch nice. people get mad at you. <laughs> nice. But no uh, the I'm hoping there's a lot of games that are on the horizon and I'm really hoping that they're not all just vaporware. Uh, hmm. And, of course, none of the names are coming to my brain right now. Uh, but I've really found that, uh, oh, I hate it when this happens. Um, aliens building spaceships. 
Right. I can't think of the name of the game. Aliens Billing Spaceships. Kerbal. Kerbal. All right. Sorry, folks. We're Googling this one. My brain is not working. Well, we got that going on. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else do we need to cover in this Kerbal Space Program. Kerbal Space Program. So you were right. Uh, Have you got a chance to play it? I have not. Do yourself a favor. It's fun. It's little space aliens building uh, physics correct spaceships. Interesting. And this is available on almost everything at this point. Okay. I'm pretty sure I can play it on my refrigerator, and that just has a little water cup thing. <laughs> uh, so you're designing. What's amazing about it is it is definitely 100% in sci fi because it's little aliens. Right. Uh, making. Uh, so you get this raft of Starship components, and you can bolt them on any which way you would like. Uh, and it uses a fantastic physics engine to figure out how it would fly, if it'll fly, where it'll fly, or if it's just going to blow up and you have a bunch of little smoking aliens running around. Right. Super fun. Uh, but it's not for everybody because it is a very egghead kind of thing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I like I said, since I don't have a PC, I don't get into some of these egghead-type games all that often. So, um, hmm. I, like I said, I want to I want to keep this going. This is a little bit short. It's only a 50-minute podcast. Right My wife now. complains about the same thing. <sighs> what, I'm only 5'10". <laughs> Edit. <laughs> It's not going to get edited again. I'm lazy. All right. So I think I might just end this podcast here. Unless right. you want to talk about another game. Well, we haven't even gone to board games yet. Oh, that's right. That's where I thought, thought there was something on there. I'm like, I was going to give you that chance because I even told you that pre-show that we were going to give you that chance to discuss board games because I don't play a lot of board games and... Uh, Mr. Clark here is a board game fanatic. He absolutely loves board games. I only have 500. So <laughs> what is your current sci-fi board game that you're playing? Nemesis. Nemesis. Oh, probably the best game. in Definitely the best as far as I'm concerned. And my opinion only matters as much as everybody else's. Uh, Nemesis is, we're not going to say a ripoff of Alien. Okay, because we're not it gonna does say it, it better. All right. Oh, that's out my trunk. If you want to play it, the uh, <laughs> I have a problem, folks. The uh, so picture you're on the Nostromo. Back towards the mic. Just a little bit. There we go. There you go. Uh, so picture you picture yourself. You're on the Nostromo, and you're and you're having a great day, and you're like, "Hey guys, let's go into hibernation, and we'll get to where we're going," uh, which. Uh, again, if we're going to go with that, the expanse is amazing. But we're going. Oh, I love the expanse. Try not to deviate here for a second. I don't have a good mind. The uh, so you you go into hibernation, uh, and then all of a sudden your board game starts out. The, the klaxons are blaring. The the lights are flashing. Something's gone wrong. You get out of your cryo sleep chamber. The captain's lying dead on the floor. What's going on? Did something just move past that corridor? What was that? The uh. That's the opening premise of the game. Right. So what has happened is uh, there was a technical glitch. The ship shut down for a minute. The captain got out, checked to make sure everything was all right, got got back in his car, sleep, sleep pod, and took off again. Well, 
physics. What happens if you don't put the cat back in the cryo chamber when you jump to almost light speed? The cat goes splat. <laughs> so the alien DNA got on the on board somehow, mixed with the mixed with the cat. And now you have uh, a good reason why those those aliens look a whole lot like, you know, the aliens from Alien. Ah. So it's just their fun flavor of how how they do it. So the board game itself is uh, between one and five players. Right. Uh, The production quality is absolutely amazing. Look it up. Nemesis, it is an amazingly well-built game. Uh, And the ship itself has, I believe, 15 different rooms on... uh, So is this sort of like Clue? Uh, Yes. Okay. It it has different different locations in it. Uh, And... Actually, that's that's fairly apt. Uh, so you're trying to – each person in the game is given a character, uh, engineer, uh, soldier, captain, uh, medic, uh, scout, and a couple others. Uh, the You are then given two goals. Right. And you're going to choose only one of those two goals. Uh, the first goal that you can choose is uh, what they call personal goal, which is usually the more kumbaya, let's all be friends, try to get out of here, uh, which still may require you know something. But then they have the corporate, and they don't come straight out and say Wayland. But, <laughs> but the, uh, you have a corporate goal, which is Evil usually – corporations. Yes, uh, which is usually more like uh, get a sample, let everyone else die so there's no, so there's no uh, uh, witnesses. But you don't – there's no direct confrontation between the players. So I can't just walk up and put two phaser blasts in the back of your skull and be like, I didn't do it. Right. Uh, but what you can do is in order for the, for the mission to succeed, uh, you have to survive. Right. Uh, and you have to – and to win the game, you have to complete your goal. In order for the ship to make it back to Earth, the nav computer has to be pointing towards Earth. Which can be a change to Venus, Mars, data space, things like that. Uh, at least two out of the three engines have to be working, which you can then tamper. Right. <laughs> uh, and you have to either be in a uh, life pod or you have to be in the cryosleep chamber. That's what has to happen for the ship to make it home or for you to win. Uh, the only way the life pods unlock is through manual control through one of these rooms and the rooms are randomly put in an outer ring. And I believe it's 15 uh, in the outer ring. And then there are six or so rooms in the center that are all special. So the ones on the outside are always the same rooms. It's just the orientation. The ones in the center ring are special rooms and there's more rooms than there are spaces. I get Mike again. Sorry, folks. I am not a professional. The, uh, the inner ring is, so there's like eight of them, but there's only six spaces. So you never know which two aren't going to show up. And then, of course, the aliens come in and they want, nom, 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 nom. They want to eat you and things like that. And you can, you know, oh, hey, 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 come on, run this way. Oh, someone pulled the hatch door shut. You can't get through. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so it's really a fantastic game. It's super easy to learn. Uh, and the individual turn is only about a minute and a half. So, yeah, you got five people playing, but unlike a lot of games where you're sitting there for 20 minutes waiting for your turn, right. uh, you're only sitting there just long enough to think what you need to do next. Uh, and there's an element of randomness to it 
your ability to do anything is governed by the 10 cards that you have. Uh, and each person has six – sorry about that again. Each person has six of the same cards as everybody else and then four of their very own of their of their character type. Right. Uh, and no one knows what order you have them in and everything has a cost to pay that card. You pay that card cost with the cards in your hand. Uh-huh. So if my no, oh, I think we just went to sleep over there. Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah, we're Still good. There. The uh, oh shoot, I don't know if it's recording any longer. There isn't enough room because Dave has to lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I lost half of my video. Well, Dave is on there, so now you're going to be looking at me, looking all over the place. That's okay. It's, it's... I'm not that pretty. I'll I'll improve. I swear to God, I'll improve somehow. We'll get to there. So I have no more space on that computer with only a 256 gigabyte hard drive. Oh yes, no, definitely not. All right. So there's that, and now I got to figure out that later on. (laughs) Uh, So if you're gonna, we're gonna. I don't need to be on. Oh yeah, you do. All right. Sorry, everybody. He made me do it. So the. so if you want to move from one room to another, it costs one. So to do that, you'd have to take one of your cards because each card is worth one for the most part and go, it's gone. So now my hand limit of four, now I've only got three cards. What happens if an alien shows up? Oh, I need a card to take care of that. Right. And then I need ammo for the weapon I have. Where do I find the ammo? Well, that's that's triggered to finding it on the on the, on the, on the, on the table. Right. Which I need a card for. So, so it, what makes the game so good is the scarcity of uh, materials to do anything and the scarcity of cards to do that action. Uh, so the whole game is super tense. You're like, oh, I can't afford it. If I do that, I can't. And then that's, oh, what happens if an alien pops up? Uh, it really is such a good game because they keep that level of tension super high. They keep time between plays super low. Uh and you never know if that other person is really out to help you, out to or just to help to themselves, or trying to get a trying to get a new position in the job. It it's fantastic. Or do you have to kill people to to get new jobs? Uh, well, I, I say to get a new job, but it, you're you try you're playing for that promotion. You're like, oh look, I brought back this alien seed for you in my belly. Uh, uh, one of the little fun side things of it, and it really doesn't. It's not a huge portion of the game. Is you can be infected. Ah, and when you get infected, I said you got those ten cards. You get a junk card that bloats that deck, so it doesn't do anything. But you still only have a draw of four cards or five cards. So I draw my five cards, and all of a sudden I got this one bloat card in there that I can't do anything with other than discard. So now I have one less card, making it even more tense. Right. Uh, but the uh, you remember how Transformers back in the, back in the day uh, had that bar graph on the back. And it was it had the different colors on it. You had to use a little magic screen, a little filter to look at them. Kind of. Uh, well, they have that. All right. And the infection uh, has like five five rows on it. It's like infecti, infecte, not infectedies. And it's, and it's just scrambled words. Okay. To, it, but if you ever see infected on there, right. when you put it through the magic view screen... You're infected, and you have to either get that surgically removed before the ship jumps back to Earth, or maybe that's your goal is to bring back the infection to Earth as a human host for your totally not Wayland company to uh, cut out of you. So, yeah, it's 
It's super intense game. The production quality, and if you folks get a chance, look up Nemesis board game. The production quality is just out of this world. So you can change the rooms on the outside? Like those are randomly placed kind of like Catamaran or whatever, like. Catan, yeah. Catan, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, uh, Catamaran actually is a board game. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I just keep getting Catan and Catamaran yeah. mixed up because they're similar names. Uh, yeah, tiles look look the same, too. They're they're hexagonal. Uh, the, uh, yeah, and then they go in a random, random orbit. Uh, each room is connected by uh, one to three hallways. Each hallway is numbered. When you go from one room to another, you have to roll a die to see if you make noise. If you make noise, you got to put this little noise token on that hallway. If you roll a hallway that already has noise, you have uh, sounded wonderful, tasty, and bathed in steak sauce, and all of a sudden there's an alien that pops up in that room. Uh, there's a little token you draw. On the back of the token, there's a number. If you don't have that many cards in your hand, the alien attacks you. Nice. So again, the tenseness of having those cards matters. Absolutely matters. All right. Well, were there any other favorite card games that you had, Dave? Card games? I mean, not card uh, board games. Board games? Oh, absolutely. It's tons. I got 500. I got 500. I have Side to have five some days. <laughs> Just a, uh, yes. one more. We're not going right. to go into one description. Qu- Just one quick one. Uh, it's super fun. It's fantastic for families. Uh, it's called Galaxy Trucker. All right. Uh, you get a chance to look at it. It's... It, uh, got a lot of things going on it uh it's got a lot of randomness to it uh there's a big pile of tokens you have to blindly pull tokens and build a junk spaceship uh everything has to be contiguous uh everything has to line up or fart parts of it farts there you go farts of it <laughs> farts of it uh fall off before you fly away and then when you fly away to get from point a to point b you can be hit by asteroids or aliens can attack you uh it is super fun for families and super fun for drinking parties, too, in fact. Uh, but if you've got kids anywhere from, like, I don't want to say eight to, you know, grandmas and diapers, uh, it's a great one because it involves so many different paths of thinking. Uh, you got to have that spatial relations to, to build your spaceship, uh, the pre-planning to decide, well, what am I going to need? Right. Uh, it's super fun, and it's like 30 bucks. Nice. And in the world of board games... 30 bucks is really good. <laughs> yeah. Really is. All right, guys. So, thanks to some technical difficulties um, and the fact that I'm starting to run out of content and energy for today so far. I babble. I am going to cut this podcast a little bit shorter than I want to, but it's about the same as the last one. So, it's about an hour we're in here. Um, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Again, like, share if you enjoy this podcast. Uh, let me know how I'm doing. If you want to hear specific topics, again, let me know in all the socials. Uh, should be able to see this on YouTube as well. Um, the YouTube videos we kind of discussed here will be a little bit all over the place because I ran out of storage space on the one computer I was recording to. Um, Growing pains. Yeah, yeah. Learn as Eventually, you go. I'll figure this out. So, uh, again, like and share, guys, and I hope you enjoy the rest of you guys' uh, day. Thank you.